Hi, friends. Welcome to the After Party, a TSF Network podcast. It's a mixtape here of purposeful, encouraging, and fun content from across all the shows who we are so lucky to have as a part of our podcast network. I'm Annie F. Downs. I'm one of the co-founders of the network. And I'm Fallon Klug, the director of operations here at TSF Network. Thanks for tuning in today, friends. All right. Today's episode is from one of the shows on our network called We're Going There with Bianca Altoff. It's episode 85 called The New Age Movement, Spiritual Fluidity, Counterfeit Ideology, and Knowing the Voice of God. Ooh, just a couple of things in this one, huh? <laughs> what a powerhouse episode with these two women. In this episode, Stephanie speaks pretty frankly and concisely about popular New Age practices and the importance of knowing the voice of God. Bianca keeps her promise on this podcast when she says we're going there, and we are so thankful. Gosh, I'm so thankful to have Bianca and her show on our network. It's about time because we're going there. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Bianca Waters Oltoff, and I am so excited about today's episode. There is so much to be discussed, and I just want to forewarn you and let you know gird your loins, okay? Sometimes having life transforming conversation comes with talking about things that might feel a little uncomfortable or something that you are not very familiar with. Today, we are going there mm-hmm. because we are unpacking the new age movement. There's so much to uncover and discuss regarding this topic. So I am talking with a good friend, author, podcaster, and talk show host, Stephanie E.K. Pastor Stephanie speaks frankly and so concisely about popular new age philosophies and theologies and practices. And what she emphasizes, which I personally love, is the importance of knowing the voice of God. So everything from discussing horoscopes to crystals, Stephanie's going to give us insight and clarity on counterfeit ideology. Yes, I know, but it doesn't stop there. She's going to bring some spiritual truth about spiritual fluidity, things like manifesting your life and manifesting your destiny. And most importantly, helping us discern what is right from wrong, in today's culture from a biblical perspective. As I've said, we are really going there today. Stephanie is the co-founder of The Same Room, a digital talk show and podcast that beautifully bridges the gaps between faith and culture. In addition to that, she is a pastor at One Church LA, and the insights that she shares on not just this topic, but biblical principles come from a place of personal encounters with God, time spent cultivating a deep relationship with God, and her years as serving the local church. As you settle into this conversation, I encourage you to listen with open ears and an open heart. There's so much more on this topic, and I really hope that the conversation doesn't end here or stop here. In the show notes, I personally curated a list of books and resources that I recommend, and I think it help you in discussing this conversation with your loved ones or you going deeper on this topic. Get ready, and let's dive into the conversation with Pastor Stephanie E.K. Stephanie, I am so glad that you are on the show. And just so that everyone knows, I might refer to you as Pastor Stephanie just out of reverence and honor because, (laughs) girl, you pastor so many people. So thank you for being on this show. Thank you. I am so excited. And I just love you, Bianca. (laughs) Okay. So for those that don't know, we've only met for like a nanosecond. Like in passing, um, we were recording some, some content, some Christian content, and I... I was vaguely familiar with you, but let me tell you something. The moment that you started opening your mouth and the moment you started preaching, I was like, who is this chick? <laughs> My God, you are wise. You're young, but you're wise. What Thank I love you. is that you have this beautiful hybrid between uh, culture and Christianity, and you talk about it in such a real way. And so I already spoke in the introduction. We are going to be going there when it comes to all things, uh, new age, manifestation, burning stage, spiritual yes. warfare, girl. Girl, I don't think yeah. the listeners are ready. I do not I don't think, think they're ready. But I don't think they they're need, ready for you. what they need. 
listen, I want to get a little bit of your story and feel free to weave in bits and parts yeah. of your story as we go through. Because I think the power isn't just the knowledge that you have. The power yeah. is the experience that you bring. And That's so right. I'm honored that you're here. Thank you for your time. For those that don't yeah. know, you are pastoring people. You are a cre- content creator. You are a preacher. You're a Bible teacher. You are a podcaster. And so we get to sneak some time and I'm honored that you're here. So thank you. Let's let's just jump in because I know that there's gonna be different folks from different strokes. When mm-hmm. we talk about new age and the new age movement, um, mm-hmm. can you make it plain for the people? How would you define it? Yeah, so one, I would say this, right? New age is an umbrella term, right? It's an umbrella term that encompasses um, different belief systems uh, that serves this idea of experiencing or actually knowing your divinity, right? So the whole expression, I would even take it to the back, all the way, you know, just a little history. The whole expression of new age actually came into existence during like the 1970s and the 1980s. Mm-hmm. But that movement um, became like in the 1990s, no one is talking about saging, you know, or crystals, but the movement became more widespread through culture, through media, through books, because new age doesn't have like a formal organization or anything, right? They don't, um, the practice varies from individuals to individuals. But when you talk about new age, it is the doctrine of um, pentheism. It's the whole doctrine that identifies God with the universe. So the idea of new age is that everything is God. So trees, animals, people are all God. And so that's why in new age, you have the practice of ayahuasca, right? And that ayahuasca is when, you know, I mean, we'll talk about that later. But essentially, they're meeting the spirit of Aya, which is the spirit of a tree, you Mm. know, and to get rid of whatever, you know, things they mention. But so it's this idea that God is in everything and that everyone is God. And so the practice of that now comes from a place of coming into this high. This is how they refer to it. Coming into like this high state of consciousness Mm. to know that you are God. And to know that you are God means you control your reality. So that's why in new age, you would have things like um, the law of attraction, right? As I, whatever I think is what I create. I control my reality. When you think about the real essence behind saging and crystals and all of that is that if I don't like my energy, I control how to get rid of it in this moment. I just need to sage. If I want to attract um, love in my life or wealth in my life, I control my reality. So I just need to get a crystal that speaks to having love in my life, right? And so that is what that that movement really um, like speaks on. And the truth of it is just a counterfeit ideology to Christianity, mm-hmm. right? That appeals to the feelings of individuals, leading them to this belief that they are God. Because a lot, a lot of new age people will speak to you like they're Christians, because they use a lot of Christian doctrines, but out of context. So when you say um, the law of attraction, for example, a new age person might tell you, oh, but that's in the Bible, right? The Bible says, ask and it shall be given unto you, Ooh. right? New age will tell you um, that with your mind, you create your reality. Then they will tell you that, oh, in the Bible, it says as a man thinks, so is so he. It's he. Yep. So they use Bible um, teachings, but take it out of context. And so it really is what Satan embodies. It's a counterfeit ideology that really appeals to the lust of man. Girl. It appeals to the person that says, I want to explore 
my spirituality, but I don't want to be under any divine authority. So I want to explore this thing that is innate in me. Every human being has an innate desire to understand the spiritual realm because we are both spiritual and physical beings. And so the new age, Satan, it knows how to weed them in because it's like, hey, you can explore everything and you don't have to submit to no one. Now that's culturally appealing. Oh <laughs> but my new age, gosh. That's, Absolutely. That's, okay. That's so there's so much to unpack here. My brain is fritzing. Yeah. So what, I, what I'm hearing you process and I'm hearing you say is that there is so much um, language that is appropriated from Christianity that is bringing some confusion into the church. And the reason why mm -hmm. I love that you get to speak on this is you are a, a pastor, you are a leader. I want to know, um, maybe, maybe the law of attraction might be lost on a couple of people, but a big word I'm hearing, especially with the next generation yeah. is manifesting. Manifesting, so, yes. Yes. So take me through a little bit of where you're seeing uh law of attraction or manifestation creep into the church. And you know what? Just pause on this. Sometimes I say the manifest presence of God and people think I'm talking about manifesting, like, like manifesting <laughs> your destiny. Do you see yeah. any of this kind of like language or culture creep into the church? Oh, absolutely. And I think this is the thing, right? Um, there is language and there's context. What Satan does is he takes the language to support his context. So now either the church is afraid to use that language or they use it without being aware of how culture perceives that. So if it's a church that's trying to be culturally progressive, so they can say things like manifesting and all this stuff, but without educating, what does that mean in a biblical sense? then the listener feels like you're encouraging them to be spiritually fluid because you have a lot of people in the church that are spiritually, that are practicing spiritual fluidity. Ooh, so wait, 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 this is a big one. Wait, wait, hold up. Yeah. Be this, okay, so when you say spiritual fluidity, what do you mean? Because so I'm with you, yeah. but a lot of people out there, they're, they're, like this might be new for them and you're, you're taking us so deep. Will you just make it plain, spiritual fluidity, yeah. and then go back to Spiritual fluidity is the idea of Jesus and. I serve Jesus and I use crystals. I serve Jesus and I sage. So it is the idea that there is something in conjunction with your service and surrender to God that gives you a sense of comfort about your life. Now, I'm not talking about like financial comfort. I'm talking about spiritual comfort, yeah. right? Because the whole essence of saging is oh, I want to ward off negative spirits. But that means calling on Jesus is not enough. The whole essence of crystals is I want to manifest my reality. So I'm not trusting the path that God has for me. Oh, I don't mm. think that he has the power to guide me into the times and seasons of my life. So it's a Jesus and ideology. And now people don't think about this consciously, but that's what they're living out. I mean... I think a part of where we need to camp for a second is you are, your language is so clear in expressing what is a pervasive issue in culture. Mm -hmm. But let me, let's unpack this a little bit from how did you start diving deep into this? You, yeah. um, you have seen a lot, you've heard a lot, you've experienced a lot, and clearly you've studied a lot, but why, why this? Like how, what made you go down this, this, understanding of spirituality versus like biblical understanding? Because mm -hmm. it's been my life. <laughs> you know, when I was nine, I encountered the Lord through a visitation of an angel. 
and things only heightened from there. So from that moment, I started hearing the voice of God. Um, I started seeing both. I started seeing angels and I saw demons. Um, I've had encounters with the Lord and I've had encounters with Satan. And so I have seen both realities and understanding one that Satan is no one's friend. Satan is truly someone who is the embodiment of hate, the embodiment of everything evil. And his agenda is to ridicule the name of Jesus. Mm. And so when I see, so it became a burden for me when um, I see people in ignorance doing things that actually invite him into their home. And so I've had, I mean, the ex- what, I'll even share an experience, for example, um, I'm someone that in my dreams, my, a lot of my dreams are like visitations. So in a dream, I will have like a visitation from the Lord or an encounter with an angel. And they'll, they start talking to me about different things. Sometimes my me- I will have sermons that came from a teaching in a dream. Um, but I had this particular dream and there was a club. So there was like this club and, you know, every, and I was someone who was a party person in college, you know? So I was like, oh, I remember this lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> so there was this club and then, you know, the Lord comes to me and he's, he's telling me, he's like, I want to teach you something about music. And so he walks me into the club. And so in the club, they're playing certain songs that I'm familiar with. But through the speakers, there were spirits moving through the speakers, moving through the speakers. And I'm like, are those spirits? Like, what is happening here? And he started speaking to me about the power of sound and mm-hmm. how there are things that move through sound. So when we talk, in, even when we talk about worship, why is it that when we start to worship God, we sense the Holy Spirit in a stronger way? You know, you had prophets in the Bible that when they needed before they could prophesy, they would say, get me my minstrel. And that means get me the person who plays the instrument. And the moment the music starts playing, all of a sudden there is this heightened flow and sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and they can speak prophetically. The same thing happens in the demonic realm, right? There's been, I know like people joke about like Illuminati and all these things, but the heart of that message is true. There are musicians, there are songs that were created from a demonic place. It is a passion and a burden that God has given me um, to reveal the truth. Because even when we look at Jesus, you know, when, when Jesus came out of the wilderness and he was revealed to be the Messiah and all of that, one of the first things Jesus does, he goes into the, the synagogue. And when he's preaching in the synagogue, just the authority and the presence of Jesus in the synagogue, a man is exposed to have a demonic spirit in him. And that evil spirit starts speaking out. And he is like, what has Jesus come to do with us? So they're aware that another agenda is in town. There mm-hmm. is someone else who, is, who has more power to destroy the agenda of Satan, and it is exposed. So if Jesus exposes this, who are we to not talk about it? Oh, so I think, um, so your background, you're from Nigeria. And yes. you, came, you came to the States when? I came when I was 16 for college. Okay. So I'm Puerto Rican where there's a lot of black magic, dark magic. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of just spiritual warfare. I think in a lot of um, other countries, conversations like this are very normalized. Yes. Um, But within American culture, I'm pretty sure there's going to be somebody listening right now that that is saying, this sounds insane. Absolutely (laughs) insane. So what I want to do is 
I want to make it as simple as possible within the context that maybe uh, the capital C church might understand. So when it comes to discerning right from wrong, can we talk about in the most simplest of ways how to discern right from wrong and testing of spirits? I think that's a great on road for people understanding processing and maybe even discovering this gift for themselves. That's right. You know, it goes, it goes down to the simplicity of Jesus says they will know you, they will know his disciples by their fruit. Um, to discern between what came from the Lord and what is coming from Satan, what fruit is it trying to produce in your life? What outcome is it trying to produce in your life? Um, when the outcome, and, and we can be honest with ourselves, right? When an outcome feeds your ego, feeds your pride, feeds your um, selfish desires, that is not coming from God, right? The whole yeah. essence, you know, the, the nature of God is love. And when you break down what love is, love is patient, love is kind, love is not self-serving, doesn't mean that you will not do things for yourself. Not that, you know, love has self-care. Um, <laughs> you know, when you think about the essence of love, and that's why I always tell people, when you want to know, when you want to walk into a, in, in discernment of right and wrong, be a student of the Bible, not just to be religious, no. Be a student of the Bible to understand the nature of God. Because when you understand the nature of God, you can discern what is coming from him and what is not. But if there's a scripture I love that talks about, you know, whatever, whatever is good, whatever is holy, whatever is pure, think on these things, right? Because the things that come from the Holy Spirit, it, it builds you up. It calls you higher. It, it, it causes you to be more Christ-like. What comes from the enemy it destroys, mm-hmm. you know, it tells you that, Hey, you, I, I have a shortcut for you. It, it compromises your integrity. It compromises your yes. It compromises your walk. Um, and we try to justify that sometimes because of a desire, because of a need, because of a want or whatever, you know, but I think when we look at it and one, one simple way that I think even a lot of women connect to in the faith is especially when you're single, I just got engaged. I know this. That's right. Congratulations. <laughs> But even when it comes to the idea of God told me my husband, my husband is this person. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people struggle with, oh, how do I know if it's God or if it's yeah. not God? And, I, and I'm like, if you understand the heart of God, why would God tell you your husband is someone who's in a relationship right now? <laughs> is it to torture you? Like, why would he do that? <laughs> Go there. Go you there. Why would, why would he tell you? That your husband is someone who's told you, mm. I just want us to be friends. Mm. Does he want you to look crazy? Like, like <laughs> why, would, why would God do that? <laughs> it would rather be a surprise to you that, oh, organically we became friends. And then, you know, something's happened. But why would God set you up just to mock you, to embarrass mm. you? That doesn't, and if you have the spirit, if you don't have the spiritual maturity, for example, to, to keep something to yourself, and then you're the person that the moment you heard it, you go to him and say, God told me you're my husband. Why? <laughs> Why would God do that? Because you just scared this man. <laughs> so even as simple as that, knowing the character of the, the Lord, right? And knowing what your desires are. Knowing what is it that you desire to the point that it could silence and mimic the voice of God. Mm. Okay. Okay. So we, we've, we've mentioned this a couple of times, but uh, actually, and you have a fabulous 
a podcast interview with Dante Bao on how to hear God's voice. Yeah. So uh, in the show notes, we're going to link to the same room and YouTube and of course your social media, because I'm fascinated with all the things that we're <laughs> discussing today, but this is just one aspect of who you are. And yeah. I, I can't wait for people to discover more about who you are and what you do. But in this uh, interview that you had with Dante Bao, you, uh, is it Bao or is it Bo? I think it might be Bo. Bo. Okay. Okay. Yeah, good. I think it's Bo. All right. Great. Dante Bo. See, I'm glad you know him and you can correct <laughs> me. <laughs> but you guys had a great conversation on how to hear the voice of God. Will you walk those that are kind of like listening to this and maybe they have been Christian or maybe they've just considered themselves spiritual, but they're interested yeah. in hearing God for themselves. How, what would you tell them? How would you encourage them? Or what are some practical handles in identifying the voice of God? Yeah. And so I, I believe that there are outside of the word, because even how we hear his voice through the word still, I think, falls into these four primary ways, right? Um, there is the essence of being a feeler, a knower, a hearer, or a seer. Mm -hmm. And so a feeler, uh, you can express that through your emotions. And I'll even say this so practically. We have natural senses that we're all aware of, right? We feel things, we see things, we hear things, we know things. Um, in the same way, you have spiritual senses. Now, when you go back to the Old Testament, you, ha you have people who are kind of discerning the voice of God more through the external because the Holy Spirit did not come in us yet. So you have people hearing his audible voice more, more or they it was things that were more external. When the Holy Spirit came within us, our spiritual senses became more activated, more mm -hmm. heightened that the everyday person can hear through that. And so when we talk about the feeler, it's your emotions, right? A common way is when people say things like, I don't have peace on this. Like there's something you want to do and you truly don't feel a peace about it. And it might be something you really desire, but you have this burden or like this disgust over this very thing that you wanted to do. And, and I look at that as when God shares his emotions with you concerning that, the, the impact of that decision in your life. And so when you don't have peace about something, the Lord is sharing an emotion with you that this is not going to bring you into a place of rest. This is not going to bring you to a place of comfort. This is not going to bring you to a place of my will, right? So you have that emotional side um, that you have the, the knowers. Um, this is just when you have this conviction that I know what I'm supposed to do, right? I, I connect the knower to faith. You know, the, one of the things that the Bible says is that one of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit is through faith. And so the Holy Spirit can manifest himself in you by giving you faith for something that it's like supernatural faith. Like you are just after it. Like no matter what, you know that when I do this thing, it's going to work. But that's connected to that knower. It's mm. the same thing that happened with the disciples. You know, what will cause disciples who had jobs, who had lives to walk away from everything and follow this man who had been on the earth and now is the Messiah. You know, it was a knower that the Holy Spirit had given them the faith to believe and yeah. walk this thing out with Jesus. Um, and then you have the hearer. And, you know, some people might have experienced still today, the audible voice of God. Um, but it's that inner ear, right? When you, you, you're, you're, you're like, wait, was that me? Or you know, <laughs> what was that? But it's not, it doesn't sound like you. And not that it doesn't sound like in regards to your voice. Because again, God is all powerful. God can sound like anyone. God can sound, when you think about um, Samuel, when the Lord called him, he, it sounded so familiar to him that he thought it was Eli calling him. So he goes to Eli and he's like, 
did you call me? And Eli's like, no, go back to bed. But Samuel is so convinced. It happens again. He's like, Eli, you just called me. <laughs> and Eli now realizes, wait, the Lord is actually calling you. So the Lord can have any voice. He is all powerful. But it is when there's an inner voice. And here again, it builds you up. The voice of the Lord is not going to call you a failure. The voice of the Lord is not going to put you in perceived harm. He's not going to put you in danger. And so it's a voice that calls you higher. Yes. It reveals, yes. you know, who you truly are, what, you, what you're called to serve in the world and how you can serve people. It is the voice of God that while you might be praying, you hear a voice that says, hey, call Ashley, you know, and you're wondering, why do I need to call Ashley? But you, maybe there's something troubling Ashley and that's how God wants you to serve in that moment. Um, and then there's the seer. And so seers, uh, that's like, you can have visions, open visions or people that dream, right? So whether um, a vision can be described, uh, even like with dreams, right? They call dreams visions of the night, but a vision is literally seeing um, with your, it's like with your mind's eye. Yeah. Now, not to confuse this with a <laughs> new age, when they talk about the third eye, it's not a third eye. <laughs> it's just when the Holy Spirit also has access to give you visuals through your mind. Um, <clears throat> it's the same way that we have imagination, right? Mm -hmm. If you close your eyes right now and thought about one of the best places that you like to be, you could see it, right? If I wanted to look at Disneyland right now, I can see Disneyland. I can see Mickey Mouse. And so that's when the Holy Spirit accesses the same way that you have the power to visually have an imagination that you can visually see things that the Lord is saying. Um, and then open visions, open visions is similar to when you see in the natural, what is not there in the natural. Um, and that's similar to Elisha. When Elisha could see um, mm. that the, that there were angels, angels chariots yeah. with him, but his servant couldn't see it. Mm -hmm. And when the servant was panicking, all Elisha said is that God opened his eyes to see in the natural what others cannot see. And then you have dreams. Um, which, you know, when you go to bed and you have a dream and the Lord speaks to you, but all of these channels can also be, can, can be, you know, fueled by the wrong things at the same time. You can have nightmares, you yes. can have weird imaginations. Um, and so a huge part of that first starts by surrender to the Holy Spirit um, and really being aware of what you have exposed your life to. Um, or, and what I mean by that is if you're watching a horror movie at nighttime and you go to bed and you have a nightmare, it, it's, it might not be Satan. It may just be the horror movie that you watch that got into your mind. Right. Um, but if we want to talk about how people hear from God, I would say those are four primary ways. Okay. So out of curiosity, are you a seer? Yeah. Well, seeing is, is one of, is my primary way What's of hearing secondary? the voice of God. Feeler? Secondary is, um, hearing. Oh, here. Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I love that. Um, before, before we transition to, to like close out, there's a couple like hot button topics I want to pick your brain on. And these ones don't have to be like long answers or like long novellas of like once upon a time, but just <laughs> like your gut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Your gut. So a couple of things that I'm saying with a lot within Christianity, a lot of Christians who are absorbing culture is in one or two sentences, your thoughts on horoscopes horoscopes uh one or two sentences okay you can go a little bit more than two sentences <laughs> no I'm, I'm trying to see how to articulate that i, I think with <laughs> because with horoscopes where is your uniqueness in that mm. and i, I will I'll, I'll actually re respond to that with a question 
when Christians think about horoscopes, then where is your uniqueness? Now here's, this is what I will say. The Bible talks about how when we came into this world, we came, we were born with sin, right? So there is a, there are general um, ideas of individuals, right? There's a general, when, if, when you say you're born with sin, so it is safe to assume that every, you know, even babies, right? Babies will, when they learn how to say no, that's their favorite word. They want to tell you no before they ever say yes to something. Now, what I mean by this is when you come into Christ and you come into transformation, when you re, when your true self is revealed, because the Bible says that our lives are hidden in him, why would you hold on to an old version of you that's a lie? So with horoscopes, people can, I mean, there are people that read, the reason that it's a, a trend is because people feel like, I am, oh my gosh, this, I am such a Gemini. That is right. That is me. I am such like, oh, Capricorns all day. That's okay. I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> but it is tied to this old life. This general idea of you is tied to an old life. Why would you give away your uniqueness to fit into a mold just because it's giving you some form of prediction? Doesn't make sense. Okay. Uh, for those that possibly have crystals and subscribe to them and I need good energy in my house, what would you tell somebody who they're either hearing about what you said earlier about crystals and now they're like second guessing it? What would you, what would you coach them on? How would you lead them? Yeah, I would say, I would even group crystals and sage all together. Okay, great. If, if a crystal or a plant has the power to bring you wealth, or clench your home of evil spirits, what is empowering it? Because there is a what. Um, if you believe that it has the power to do whatever, what is fueling that power? Behind everything in life, there are two agendas. There's the agenda of the kingdom. There's the agenda of darkness. What are you bringing into your home when you say this thing has the power to do A, B, and C? Have you exposed yourself for Satan to occupy something in your home and have access to you in your home. Because at the end of the day, your life didn't come from you. It didn't start with you. It started with God. And he is the one in control of the times and seasons of your life. You cannot do anything. And even when you take the back door, you're only, um, you're only hurting yourself in the long run. Because whenever Satan gives you something, is because he, he actually has the advantage. He took the bigger piece. So whatever he gave you is because he stole something that is much valuable and much greater. And so just the belief in the idea that a rock or a plant can do some type of wonders, what is actually, what is the spirit behind that? Because behind everything, there is an agenda it is serving. It is the same thing I told my sister-in-law before she came to Christ. And, and then when she came to Christ, she realized all the new age practices were actually all lies. This exposed me rather than covered me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for somebody out there who's listening and perhaps has gotten involved with, um, sorcery, witchcraft, black magic, white magic, uh, Ouija boards, and they're hearing this and there's something within them, whether they're yeah. feeling, seeing, hearing, or knowing God speaking to them in this moment. Um, and now there's a sense of fear. Like maybe I've opened up my heart, my mind, my soul to something that is not of the Lord. What should they do now? Surrender. At the end of the day, the Bible talks about that Jesus is the head 
of all principalities and powers. And when I say principalities and powers, it, those are the those are the head of you know when it comes to whatever is evil, whatever is dark, whatever is is witchcraft. Now it doesn't mean that Jesus has given them the go ahead. He hasn't given them like the stamp of approval. Yes, continue doing evil in the world. But what that means is that what is released from them does not, they don't have the power to snatch it back because he has authority over them. And so if you are in witchcraft and whatever, and you're saying, I want to get out of this, here's the thing. I've counseled a lot of people that came out of witchcraft and Satan has a way of tormenting them, their mind with the idea that if you walk away, I will kill you. But why would he threaten you? Why not just do it? Whatever threats you feel like you may hear, whatever things you feel like you may see, if he could do it, he doesn't need to say it. He would just mm. get it done. A hitman does not call out the hit before he starts. <laughs> yep. So he just shoots. And so to not be afraid of whatever threats may come, the truth is that Jesus has all power and all authority. I've seen it happen and I know he can do the same for anyone listening that says they want to come out. But the, the, thing, the key thing is that to surrender. And I will say this one common thread that I have noticed is that even when a person wants to surrender, they still want to hold on to a little bit of this idea of power. You truly have it. Everything in you has to be in agreement to say, God, I want to live for you. And I don't want to be um, in lust of this idea of power or control that my life, my, I'm giving away my soul to what is demonic. Satan doesn't have the ability or the authority to capture anyone's soul. Even the idea of selling your soul to the devil is false. He doesn't have the ability to buy what is not his. He doesn't, he doesn't have the deed for your soul. He doesn't have the rights to your soul. He can only lease it. <laughs> <laughs> but the moment you have the power to break the contract at any point in time, and that's what they don't teach people in the demonic. I love this. So this is what I want to do. And we, we've never done this on the podcast before, but I would love, will you do me a favor? Will you pray for those that maybe just feel like there is a light bulb that went off and yeah. maybe some of the darkness or the nightmares or the presence they've been feeling is because they've invited someone or something into their life. Will we just pray in faith for the yeah. listeners um, that, that something shifts in their life and that the act of surrender could be something that they could do? Yeah. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. Lord Jesus, I thank you because nothing that we do would ever have any weight if you're not involved. And so, Lord, for every listener who may even be feeling shame or guilt, Lord, we cancel that right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Because, Lord, you don't see us in any form of mess or whatever and judge us. You don't ridicule us. You said that you came to save the world, not condemn the world. You are not condemning your son or your daughter, but you are showing her or him that you are the way to truth, you are the way to life, you are the way to wholeness, you are the way to freedom. True freedom is found in you. And so Holy Spirit, I pray that right now they will sense your presence. They will sense the peace that they have been longing for. They will sense the safety that they have been longing for. They will sense the trust that they have been longing for. To be in the arms of the one who loves them unconditionally. That Lord, I pray that even now, that they would feel what may, what may even feel like this cool breeze come over them to know that you are right there. I thank you, Lord Jesus, because at the end of the day, you have the final say. And I thank you that you are exposing 
the agenda of darkness to bring your children into your beautiful light and to continue to have your way. Amen. Amen. Wow, y'all, right? Okay, thanks for listening today. Listen, don't forget to check out more from the We're Going There podcast by searching for We're Going There with Bianca Oltoff in your podcast app and hitting follow. And please, if you wouldn't mind, just hit follow on the after party too and leave a rating so we can hear what you think about the show. We'll be back here tomorrow. Hope you can join us.